You see, when the Holy Spirit is not in our lives and he is not in full control of your life, I am telling you, you have bits and pieces of what looks like religion, but real walk in the kingdom is not possible. You will focus on things that are not supposed to be focused on. Somebody puts it this way. You will major on the minors and minor on the majors. Life is a journey, and as in every journey, you need a roadmap. Today on Your Roadmap to Success, you will receive detailed instructions on how to navigate through life successfully. Welcome to Your Roadmap to Success with author and teacher, Neil Achampon. Please grab your Bibles, your pens, your notepads. Let's search the Word of God together this morning. And um, we will continue with our series of lessons from the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, Acts of the Apostles. And um, today we are in chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 from 14 to 43. Whilst you are turning there, let me just review a few things. We have understood that the book of Acts uh, gives us three things, uh, three main purposes. Number one is that it gives us a picture of what happens when a church is infused by the Holy Spirit. It shows us how a church looks like when it is infused by the Holy Spirit. The second thing it shows us also is how a church looks like when the Holy Spirit is not in it. We make all kinds of decisions and and. And you can tell that the Holy Spirit is not behind it. And finally, what it does is that it simply gives us a picture of how you and I ought to live. Today, we are going to look at the Holy Spirit, the difference maker. Would you please say that with me? All right. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. So turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. Whilst you're getting ready to open the scripture, I want to just share a few things with you. From our lesson last week, we saw that the Holy Spirit had descended on the day of Pentecost. They spoke in tongues. People around were wondering, what is the meaning of this? Some of them were saying, these guys are drunk. And Peter stands up and he's about to explain fully what has happened. And if you all remember... A couple of messages ago, I shared with you how Peter was very unpredictable. Do you remember that? He's a very unpredictable guy. He speaks his mind. He rushes sometimes. But now the Holy Spirit has descended upon him. He's baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he's a whole different individual. So I can see James and Matthew and others wondering, did Peter just stand up to explain this thing? But he's going to do a good job because now the Holy Spirit is upon him. So let's pick it up from Acts chapter 2. Our reading is going to be very lengthy, but I will read all of it because it's important. Acts chapter 2, we'll start from verse 14. Peter is now trying to explain what has just occurred on the day of Pentecost. 
verse 14. But Peter stood up with the 11 apostles, and in a loud voice, he spoke to the crowd. My fellow Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem, listen to me. Pay attention to what I have to say. These people are not drunk as you think. It is only 9 o'clock in the morning. Now, you remember when people heard all those guys speaking different languages and almost about 15, 17 nations, they could hear their language. Some says, hmm, we don't understand. Others say, man, don't mind them. They are just all drunk. Peter is now explaining, and he starts with a defense. His defense was that it is only 9 o'clock in the morning because in the Jewish culture, even if you get drunk, it is not 9 o'clock in the morning. It has to be way past that, all right? And um, Peter is saying there is no possibility for these people in this culture to get drunk at 9 in the morning. And so now he begins to tell them what is really happening. And he begins by quoting the words of a prophet called the prophet Joel. Let's continue the reading. Verse 16, I'm still in Acts chapter 2. But Joel the prophet wrote about what is happening here today. God says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit and all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. At that time, I will pour out my spirit also on my male slaves and female slaves, and they will prophesy. I will show miracles in the sky and on earth, black fire and thick smoke. The sun will become dark the moon red as blood before the overwhelming and glorious day of the Lord will come. Then anyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. So Peter is telling the people, listen, these guys are not drunk. What is happening here today, many years ago, the prophet Joel talked about it. All right? And he quotes from the book of Joel chapter 2 to explain what he really means. Then he moves on this time to declare that Jesus is the Messiah. It is the one problem of the Jewish community. And, and, and Peter is saying, Jesus is the Messiah. Let's pick up from verse 22. We're still in Acts chapter 2. People of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus from Nazareth is a very special man. God clearly showed this to you by miracles, wonders, and signs he did through Jesus. You all know this because it happened right here among you. Jesus was given to you with the help of those who don't know the law. You put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But this was God's plan, which he had made long ago. He knew all this would happen. God raised Jesus from the dead and set him free from the pain of death because death could not hold him. So he says, the thing you are hearing, all these different languages, this speaking on tongues, it was prophesied by Joel. But then he shifts the attention and he talks about Jesus and he makes a declaration that Jesus is the Messiah. Then he shifts again and he goes into the Old Testament and he starts talking about David. Let's follow Peter's argument. Now, Peter is making a lot of sense because by this time he would have cut somebody's ears. But he's not doing that. The difference is the Holy Spirit. That's what I want you to see. All right? Look at verse 25. For David said this about him, that is about Jesus. 
I keep the Lord before me always because he is close by my side and I will not be hurt. So I am glad and I rejoice. Even my body has hope. Because you will not leave me in the grave, you will not let your Holy One rot. You will teach me how to live a holy life. Being with you will fill me with joy. Brothers and sisters, I can tell you truly that David, our ancestor, died and was buried. His grave is still here with us today. He was a prophet and knew God had promised him that he will make a person from, from David's family a king just as he was. Knowing this before it happened, David talked about the Christ rising from the dead. He said, he was not left in the grave. His body did not rot. So Jesus is the one whom God raised from the dead. And we all are witnesses to this. We all are witnesses to this. You see, before this time, Peter could not witness about Jesus before a little girl. But now he stands before pretty much about 15 to 17 nations. And he says, I am a witness. Who made the difference? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 32. All right. Now, let's, let's look at verse 33 because now Peter is trying to make another argument. He has talked about the Holy Spirit and how it has been promised. Then he talks about the Messiah who has now come and he is pouring out his spirit upon everybody. So let's pick up the argument. All right, verse 33. Jesus was lifted up to heaven and is now at God's right side. The Father has given the Holy Spirit to Jesus as he promised. So Jesus has poured out that spirit. And this is what you now see and hear. David was not the one who was lifted up to heaven, but he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your control. So all the people of Israel should know this truly. God has made Jesus, the man you nailed to the cross, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they felt guilty and asked Peter and the other apostles, what shall we do? What a powerful response to a sermon. Before this time, Peter says anything, he's causing trouble. But today he speaks and people are willing to respond. What is the difference? Come on, talk to me. What's the difference? The Holy Spirit. In verse 38, Peter said to them, change your hearts and lives and be baptized, each one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, for your children and for all who are far away. It is for everyone the Lord our God called to himself. Peter won them with many other words. Peter did what? So he, he's not done with his sermon. The Bible says he used many other words. And the writer here did not write all of them. He says, uh, with many other words did he warn them. Verse uh, 42. They spent their time. So now he's talking about the rest of the apostles. He says, they spend their time learning the apostles' teaching, sharing, breaking bread, and praying together. I'll deal with this part next week. He said, the apostles were doing many miracles and signs, and everyone felt great respect for God. Amen. 
Now, I want us to look at the before and after. Everybody say before and after. Before the Holy Spirit baptized you, what was your life like? Peter is going to be our case study, but I don't want us to focus on Peter. I want you to focus on yourself. If you say that you have been baptized by the Holy Spirit and your life now and then the life before is the same, something ain't right. Something must change when the Holy Spirit shows up. Amen? Let me walk you through a few things through the scriptures and you realize that before the Holy Spirit indwelling, Peter had faith, but it was anchored in his own strength. You all remember Matthew chapter 14, right? You remember when Peter, the disciples were in a boat and then they saw Jesus walking on the water and then, you know, you would think somebody else would go ahead of Peter. Peter always wanted to talk. He said, Lord, if it's you, let me come. And then Jesus said, yeah, sure, come. And he steps in. And then the scripture says, on the way, he began to add, sink. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out. He had faith to step out of the boat, but the faith was not anchored in Jesus. It was anchored in his own abilities. And sometimes before the Holy Spirit become, baptizes us, we depend. We have faith. But we depend on our own ability. I've often heard many people say, you don't need to pray about that. It's true. There are many things we don't need to pray about. But there are some things we ought to pray about. It is equally true for you to have confidence in who you are. But if your confidence is anchored in your strength, then something is wrong. Your confidence must be anchored in God who powers you. Are you guys with me? Because the believer is like, uh, if you've been to the, either the mall or the, um, I think it's more common in airports, right? The, the moving walkway. You remember the moving walkway? Right? Now, when you step on the moving walkway, you can stand there and it will take you. But you can also what? Walk. And it will still take you. The walk in the spirit is like walking and letting the thing what? Take you. You don't just stand there. Because the walking part of it is your obedience. And he takes that and takes you to the end. Peter had faith, but it was anchored in his. All right, so we were in Matthew chapter 14. Go the next two chapters. You all remember that in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked, he was in Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? What did the disciples say? Some say you are this, some say you are that, some say you are dead. And then Peter says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? He says, flesh, he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father, where? Few minutes after that, Jesus says, I am about to die. And Peter pulls Jesus on the side, you are not going to die. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get it behind me, Satan. I want you to see the picture when the Holy Spirit is not in control of your life. You can have a revelation of who Jesus is, but you will never understand his purpose because it's the only spirit that brings that. Same individual. One second, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, yeah, my father revealed it. Next few verses. He said, no, 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 no. You cannot die. If Peter was 
was fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. Once he understood this is the Messiah, he, he should have also understood that he would die. Are you guys with me? Let's look at another thing about Peter. The next chapter. If you go to chapter 17, you all remember the, uh, the transfiguration, right? You remember the transfiguration? Or do I need to just open up the transfiguration? How Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and then John with him. He went over into a mountain and then the Bible says he was what? Transformed. All right? And then two Old Testament guys showed up with him. And then what happened? Come on. Let me see if you still remember the word of God. What happened? Yeah, Moses and Elijah showed up. What else? John was there. James was there. They couldn't talk. But Peter. Same Peter. Peter said, let's build a tent and keep these two individuals here. What was the purpose of the, the experience on the mountain? It's to show who Jesus was. The guy just confessed it. And reverse his words. And Jesus is saying, I still need to show Peter who I really am. He goes on the mountain. He shows him who he really is. And Peter is focusing on the Old Testament figures. He's forgotten who Jesus is. Meanwhile, the lesson is about Jesus. You see, when the Holy Spirit is not in our lives. And he's not in full control of your life. I am telling you. You have bits and pieces of what looks like religion. But real walk in the kingdom is not possible. You will focus on things that are not supposed to be focused on. Somebody puts it this way. You will major on the minors. And minor on the majors. Things that are really serious issues with God. They won't mean much to you. Then the ones that are not important. They are the ones that are important to you. I remember in January, somebody said, why don't we move our fasting and pray all the way to, Feb to February and do the full 21 days? And I said, child, it is not about 21 days. It is about giving the first part of our year to the Lord. And so even if we cut it short and still give our first part of the year to the Lord, that is what this is what about. When the Holy Spirit is not in the picture, you are always tempted to use your smarts. But I pray that you will come to a place of being Holy Spirit smart, not your natural smarts. So Peter had an experience meant to show him who Jesus was. But he focused on the other personalities who were on the Mount of Transfiguration. And that is not why Moses and Elijah showed up. They showed up only as a representation that this guy comes to end the Old Testament order. So focus on him. And Peter is missing it. And sometimes we are missing the move of God because the Holy Spirit is not in our lives. Today, let us learn from Peter. Chapter 26, I'm still in the book of Matthew. We are looking at Peter, his life before. You remember when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to die, right? What did Peter say? Apart from rebuking him, there's something else he said. What did he say? Anybody? He says, Lord, me, I'll go all the way. I will die with you. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, before the cock crows, you would have denied me, what? Three times. And the cock crew and Peter denied Jesus. Without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we may have a desire to die for the Lord. But when it matters, 
we will deny him. When it does matter. Because the only one who empowers you is the Holy Spirit. Let's just all be honest. If we are all sitting here in this room, some guy shows up, they point a gun. Pastor Neil, if you th- believe that you are a man of God and you confess it, we will kill you. And I say, yeah. And they take me away. And you all see me burn out in the open, straight to ashes. The next person they ask, if you also believe in the God that this man who just got bent believes in, you will be burned. My hands are preaching. <laughs> Chances are, if you are not, if the Holy Spirit doesn't empower you, you say, I think pastor was just being stupid. He could have simply be smart by keeping quiet. And we will all sit around here. What good is your testimony if it is hidden? What good is it? That all men may know that God is God and there is no other. You must declare it. Sometimes we have desires for things we want to do for the master. But when it matters, we tend to deny. May God help us. I said, may God what? Turn to the person sitting next to you. Today, say this to them. Today, you must make a decision to have a revised resume. The things I'm talking about right now is Peter's previous resume. Acts chapter 2 was his revised resume. The Holy Spirit comes to revise your resume. Don't let the Holy Spirit end up in speaking in tongues. It goes beyond that. I said it goes beyond that. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Here Jesus goes to pray. He takes Peter with him and a few others. What happens? Now, let's say I have had this big appointment in the White House. And I choose three of you to go with me. The rest of you will be jealous, right? Let's just be honest. You will be. Okay, if you are not going to be, then your resume has been revised. Awesome. Jesus chooses three. He leaves the rest, takes this three forward, and then he leaves the three, and he goes forward. And the Bible says he prays. He comes back. Pete and the other dudes are sleeping. Jesus looks at them and says, man, the spirit is what? By the flesh. That word spirit is not the Holy Spirit. Says they are human spirit who they truly are, has a desire to pray. But the flesh is not allowing them to pray. The only way to overpower the flesh is the indwelling Holy Spirit. This is why there's so much fight in churches. Because the people who have met, they are in full throttle of human smartness. The Holy Spirit is thrown outside the window. I believe that Peter is teaching us a lot. Peter had a willingness to pray, but he slept through the prayer meeting. It wasn't because he, 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 he went for three ships. He was not physically tired. I have not sought my wife's permission on this, but honey, if you'll permit me. She, I joined her to fast for 21 days, and she ate nothing. Drank only water for 21 days. 
Somewhere along the line, my blood pressure was catching up, so I had to stop. But she finished it up. And I asked myself when she was done, it's possible to do some things. Why do we keep hiding and giving excuses? Later on, I made a decision. The next 21 days, my blood pressure pills will take a hike. It has, I have to finish. Something is possible. Stop sleeping through prayer meetings. Have you, have you had your own personal prayer meeting at home and slept through it? I'm, I'm hearing little testimonies here and there, but not, none of the testimonies are loud. None of a sudden you hear somebody's steps. You want to go back. If you are asleep, just sleep. When you wake up, you continue. But as we look at Peter, he reminds all of us that when we are not totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, that's what happens. We sleep in very important hours. Jesus is about to die and the guys are sleeping. He's praying and his sweat is like blood and they are sleeping. They have no clue the importance of the hour. I have seen people, the kinds of things happening in their family life and they are still eating. And not saying no, something is not right. You can see the marriage is going on rocks and they are still eating. Instead of them to say, no, I'm going to fast and pray and believe God. This thing needs to stop here. John chapter 21. Here we see that Peter was saved for a purpose. But he went on to fulfill a different purpose. You all remember when Jesus died and he wasn't coming back to life. What did Peter do with the rest? He said, people... I am going back to fishing. Me, once a fisherman. Oh, so you are a fisherman. (laughs) Once a fisherman, always a fisherman. So I'm going to go back and go fish. And the scripture says, as soon as he said it, people followed. Be careful the people you lure into error. This is why leadership is important. You need to be careful the choices you make. Because if it's error, people will follow you into error. So make them the right way. Same way, parents. As a parent, you are a leader. You are leading your children. If you're a husband, you're leading your wife. Amen. Here we see that Peter had been saved for a purpose. But he abandoned the purpose. But, fast forward. Ten days, the way the Holy Spirit comes. Peter is a whole different human being. He steps up. Let's look at some three things that is taking place here. Peter had power to pursue his purpose this time. You all remember Peter is the one who looked at the guy and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. What? Rise up and walk. Peter is the one who stands up and he says, People, listen. This is what the prophet Joel said. This is what David has said concerning this thing. And the Bible said that same day, the people were cut to the heart. He wasn't cutting ears, but he was cutting the hearts. The Holy Spirit made the difference in the life of the dude. Secondly, you find that Peter has fruits to show for his efforts. 
Because in the past, he has made a lot of efforts. Nothing came out of it. He has fruits. Thirdly, Peter has respect for the giver of the gifts and not just the gifts. In other words, he has respect for God himself. It was not about. So the question I want to ask everybody here today is, what is your resume like? Is it still before or is after? Has there been anything that shows? Do you see fruits that tells you that the Holy Spirit has really baptized you? Is it? I'm going to make two statements. If you can write them down, please do. And I want you to follow me very carefully as I make this statement. The Bible is not about living a better life. It is about the Holy Spirit living through you the life of Christ. Do I need to repeat it? The Bible is not about... You've heard everybody, oh, we, we are supposed to live. No, you are not supposed to live. The Holy Spirit is going to live the life through you. If you could live it, Jesus didn't need to die. The scriptures is not about bet, better life. I've ever heard, it's better. No, 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 no. You are not supposed to live the life. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, has to live his life in you. Some people are looking at my face like I'm telling a story. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse 20. And if you can, please read with me from the screen, shall we? Galatians chapter 2. Shall we read? Go. I was put to death on the cross with Christ. I do not live anymore. It is Christ who lives in me. I still live in my body. But I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. So do you live? You only live in this body by faith in Jesus who indwells you with spirit. So the one who really lives is Christ who must live through you. That is the only way you walk in righteousness. If you depend on self, you will never be. You will be like Peter. You have efforts, but no fruit to show. One second you have revelation, the next second you are missing divine purpose. I pray that we will come to that place. Let's look at chapter 3, the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 3. Please read with me from the screen, shall we? Go. You began your life in Christ by the Spirit. Now are you trying to make it complete by your own power? Did the Bible just call some people foolish? Or all of us foolish? In fact, Paul begins Galatians 3 verse 1 this way. Oh, foolish Galatians. He said, who has cast a spell or bewitched you? That having begun in the spirit, you are now trying to attain your goals through your own power. You cannot. Walk. This Christian life, you are not supposed to live it. Turn to the person sitting next to you. You can't live the Christian life. I want it to sink. Because you've been in church for long, we are told to live it. If you live it, it's frustrating. Because today you pray, the next day you sleep through it. 
Today you do this, the next something else. You cannot live it. Christ must live through you. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. That is what is important. Let me take you to chapter 5 of the book of Galatians again. When you have time, read the book of Galatians because those guys were moving away from the Holy Spirit into using their own flesh. And Paul challenged them. Read verse 16 with me from the screen, shall we please? So I tell you, live by following the Spirit. Then you will not do what your sinful self is. Popular version. Walk in the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the last of the flesh. How many of you know this verse is a promise? I know you all like promises. You want to hear the other promise that says God will come through and solve your problem. This is also a promise. He says, as long as you live by following the Holy Spirit, there is no way you will sleep through prayer meetings. As long as, if you live by the Spirit, you will not declare Jesus as Messiah one second and rebuke him the next second. So the antidote to everything that the flesh brings around is a walk in the Spirit. I chose a much newer version by following the promptings of the Holy Spirit, it may come as a voice, a sense, a conviction, a nudge, whatever it is, all of the above is included in it. We call it the thing. It's not the thing. I think it was two weeks ago where I gave you a litmus test, right? There are some things you don't need to fast to ask if it is God. Because it is so clear. Would Satan ever ask you to go and give money to someone who already has money. Hmm? I agree. It takes only the Holy Spirit to tell you to give money to someone who already has what? Because he believes that that person is good ground for your sowing. You might even mistakenly say, ah, no, this is not from God. This is from Satan. No. Christians are praying. I want confirmation. But when you want to eat, you don't. <laughs> you don't pray for confirmation. You just eat because you know you're hungry. As many as I led by the Spirit of God, they are. So this Holy Spirit thing, you cannot go around it. You must be led by him. I said you must be. Let's continue Galatians chapter 5, right? Jump to verse 19. Because now he's telling you what the sinful flesh brings. He says the wrong things the sinful self does are clear. Being sexually unfaithful. Not being pure. Taking part in sexual sins. In fact, the King James uses the word lasciviousness. Have you heard it before? When we were younger, we used to call it lassi. And this version doesn't render lasciviousness in its right way. The actual Greek means the excess 
of all forms of sexual sins. So that includes the one they don't want us to talk about. You all know the one they don't want to talk about. I have often said that even animals know that some things are not natural. Except human beings who are supposed to be higher animals. Verse 20. Today I'll leave it alone. Worshipping God's idolatry. Doing witchcraft. Hating. Making trouble. Being jealous. If you're using the old King James language, it uses the word variance and emulation. Actually, being jealous is the word emulation. Now, being jealous in this context is a modern way of saying it. But if you read the actual Greek, it means you cannot stand somebody's success. You always want to be the only one that things are going well for. <laughs> being jealous or you can't stand somebody's success. Being angry. You see, when you say angry, this is not correct. The King James uses the word rough. It's called extreme anger. If anger is two, wrath is two squared. Did you get it? Actually, it can be two. It should be cubed or quadrupled. Being selfish, making people angry with each other, causing divisions among people. These are the works of the flesh. Oh. If you are in this, question is where is the Holy Spirit? Because if it's there, this should not be happening. If it's living through you, that is not a possibility. If this is a possibility, it means that the Holy Spirit is not living his life through you. Because he is not capable of that. The Holy Ghost is not capable of that. If the Holy Ghost is not capable of that, then you, who he is living through, is not capable of that. Verse 21. Now let's look at the opposite side. Alright. Feeling envy. Being drunk. Having wild and wasteful parties. The King James uses the word reveling. Other versions call it carousing. So when you go to parties. And it's wasteful. And wild. The Holy Spirit is not capable of that. That is a thing you need to ask yourself. The thing I'm involving, is the Holy Spirit capable of that? Now you're quiet. Christians go into parties and they cannot play spiritual music. They think it has to be played by someone else. You've been to a party, I will organize me. I will sing to Jehovah. It's, it's enough to dance. And I encourage you to follow. Feeling envy, being drunk, having wild and wasteful parties, and doing other things. So, he didn't even finish the list. Now, if you look at all the works of the flesh, based on the King James rendering, it's about 17 of them. Alright? Four of them relate to lust. Nine of them relate to your temper. Envying. And then the ones before. They all relate to your temper. Right? Two of them relates to your appetite. Being drunk and wasteful parties. I give the rest to you. It means one of the areas you must watch in your Christian walk is your temper. Nine of them. Your emotions. 
you need to pay attention to them. Because nine of them are in there. Amen. Are you guys learning anything today? Let me finish this, reading this verse. I warn you. I'm still in Galatians 5.21, please. I'm sorry. Let, let's finish the verse. I warn you as I warned you before. Those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't let no preacher stand anywhere to deceive you. In fact, if you want to understand legitimate pleasure, God gives a picture of it in the story of this guy in the book of Judges. You remember, oh, this guy, the, 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 the one who the people were lapping the water. Gideon. In that verse, in those words, God sets up a proper picture of legitimate what? Pleasure. I know it's a big deal. That's what I'm talking about. The people were in war. They had reached a point where they were passing out. So they needed to have something to refresh them. They needed some level of pleasure. And then God says, those who had their mouth in the water, licking it, don't take them. But those who could look at it and still do this. What, that, what is he saying? That legitimate pleasure is pleasure that does not destroy the purposes of God for your life. Anything outside that is against his will. Pay attention. I'm sorry, I know it's a, a strong word, but let's be cautious. Those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. Verse 22. But the spirit produces the fruit of love. Come on, read with me. Joy. Uh-huh. Peace. Uh-huh. Patience. Uh-huh. Kindness. Uh-huh. Goodness. Yep. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. 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 I mean repetitive moods. Self-control. Self-control. You will find Christians. Me, I can't deal with that. No. Where is the Holy Spirit? And I'm sure he's speaking. Tell me, child, just calm down. Just calm down. Self-control. Self-control. Say it with me. Self-control. Let's say it again. The one before. Gentleness. Let's say it again. Gentleness. So this is after. Love, joy, peace, all of that is the after. Variance, sedition, all of them is before. And the Bible says the only way is to walk in the spirit. Take these words down. The Christian life is more than just learning biblical facts. It is learning to walk in the spirit. Learning to walk in the spirit. Learning to walk in the spirit. The Christian life is more than just learning what? Biblical facts. So going to church and learning a lot of the Bible is not what this is about. Because there are many people, they know the Bible. But when they open their mouth, they cause divisions. Holy Spirit, help us. He wants to live 
through us. If you live by yourself, you will not make it. And many believers like Peter are very frustrated because we are doing this thing on our own. Today, I want to summarize your entire Christian life, if you will permit me. It's about that statement. Leave the biblical facts alone because the Holy Spirit knows stuff you have no clue about. If you learn to walk with him, he will teach you things. Are you, are you, are you, are you guys with me? Just trying to read a few verses in the morning to satisfy your conscience is not the way. It is spending that whole time to listen to what he has to say about the day. Amen. Then you are gone. Then the next person who meets you, you start cursing. Where is the Holy Ghost? Today, I want you to make a decision that we will all go back and start learning to walk with the Holy Spirit. I know by now somebody saying, Pastor, how? How do you walk with someone? Eh? Yes, sir? You know them by knowing them, by spending time with them, by what? By listening to them. What else? Know, spend time listening. Uh huh. Obey. What did you say, my brother? You learned your ways. Pause. All the answers is good. That's the one I'm looking for. You learn their, their ways. The way they do, the Holy Spirit does things. You cannot forecast him. Don't put him in a box. This is why when we come to church and we have order, prayer, worship, praise, and then the announcement will come. Then we do testimonies. And then communion. Pastor preaches. And then we go home. The Holy Spirit on any given day can say, this whole list can do any of them. Today I want you to just pray. We must come to that place. That is where I'm trying to get most of you to. But sometimes when I shift, Pastor, today you didn't follow order. Stay in the spirit. Because when you are there and I am there, we will agree. The problem we are having is some are there, some are not there, some on their way there. So, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is, in the coming weeks, I am going to stop teaching. And we're going to spend the entire rest of the month wrestling and crying to God. Holy Spirit, come again. Come Breathe in me. Come dwell in me. Come take over. You learn his ways. You know him. You listen to him. But please, write this down. I've said it before and I'm going to repeat it. The key to walking with the Holy Spirit is instant obedience. Yesterday at Bible study at home, one of my kids said it. And I was just excited in my spirit. Instant. Don't shoot emails and text with the Holy Spirit. You said this, what is that supposed to mean? Obey. He gives you the next one, the next instruction, and the next instruction, and the next instruction. Amen. From today, please do not make your Christian walk about learning biblical facts. Learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. Amen.
learn his ways. When he shows up in places. Why? Because most of the time the hearts are open for him. Hmm? If husbands will allow the Holy Spirit to lead them, we will not say things like, I wear the pants. Who doesn't know you wear the pants? We know. But the behavior is not equal to, I wear the pants. Let the Holy Spirit live through. And sometimes in those moments, he's telling you, simply ignore. You pick up a phone and call friends. And those friends, they don't know God, so they'll tell you, women, if you don't fear them, where is the Holy Spirit? Because if you will call him and say, Holy Spirit, I am frustrated about this woman's behavior, but what do you have to say? Sometimes you can hear him tell you, the problem is you, not her. And I've often heard it. There were times if I had my way, I would have simply just get up one day and say, you, 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 you. I don't want to see you in church again because I'm tired about the way you behave. <laughs> Once my mind starts thinking it, Holy Ghost shows up in my prayer closet. He says, no, they are eternal souls I died for. It happens that you don't like the way they talk. But because you work for me, you will keep your mouth shut and you love them. And I keep loving you. Had my way, I would have shot you by now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But what I'm trying to show you is that when the Holy Spirit is walking with you, it's not cheap. I said it's not what? Because there are things naturally your flesh wants to do. He will tell you, no, that you're not going to do that. You are not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Walking in the spirit is the whole thing. When you are on the walking way, right? It looks like you are sliding. Because even though you are taking small steps, the conveyor belt is carrying you. The Holy Spirit says, take the little step you know. And I will carry you. So you realize that you take one little step. But before you realize, the step looked like you were going back. But then he carries you forward. That is the walk of the spirit. When you start taking steps and don't see progress, Holy Spirit is not in the equation. Your flesh is still sitting on the throne. There are times I have decided, just that, 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 that. I'm going to bless them. Then I can hear the voice of the spirit. Do not go there. I said, so, what do I do with the thing in my hands? He says, turn to the right. Look at some other people. Go put the money there. Let me ask all of you. Naturally, naturally. If they put a bomb on the street by my side, and you were asked to give to either me or the bomb on the street financially, who would you naturally give to? Naturally, who would you give to? Naturally, because we believe society has taught us democracy and uh, modern day, you give to the poor. 
Correct? But sometimes that's not what the Holy Spirit wants in a particular moment. It doesn't mean he's against the poor. Because he knows that the poor at that moment may not need money, but need something more than money. And because you're using what society tells you, you will do what society tells you. So you are driven by society, not by him. I don't want you to misconstrue the walk with the spirit and how it works. Husbands, today, I beg you in Jesus' name. Your wife is your... Interpret my tongues. It's fine. If you depend on the Holy Spirit, you can marry that woman. I only heard a man from one, one man from which corner? If you depend on the Holy Spirit, you can marry your wife and you'll be happy. If you don't depend on the Holy Spirit, you'll be very, you'll be very miserable. Ladies, if you would depend on the Holy Spirit, oh, you'll love us. But if you depend on who you are, we look like a bunch of knuckleheads. We don't know much. We look dirty. Yeah, I do counseling, so I hear so much. <laughs> but if you depend on the Holy Spirit, how can somebody you stood at the altar with for better for worse, for rejected, in sickness and in health, to dread to a spot? My wife taught me something. Going forward, I will not repeat vows for you. You will write your own, and I'll let you say it yourself. Because sometimes there are people, I remember somebody told me, Pastor, you are the one who repeated the, 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 the vows, and we just repeated it. I said, uh huh. That's how far it's gotten to. Okay, then going forward, you will write your own. I was just standing here quietly like this, look at you. When you were done, I said, based on what you have said, then I'll bless you. <laughs> Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You have not been called to live the Christian life. You have been called to subject yourself to the Holy Spirit and he will live his life through you. Amen. Let's stand together. Amen. I want you to grab the hand of the person standing next to you. I want you to pray for them. Please be serious about this prayer and say, Lord, help my brother and my sister to stop living the Christian life. But from today, learn to submit themselves to you moment by moment, day after day, second by second. Help them to walk in the spirit. Shall we pray together? Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Father, strengthen us. That moment by moment, we will be subject to you. We will submit ourselves to you. Father, help us, oh God, in the search for jobs. Holy Spirit leads us. Let us not be led by money. Let us be led by you. In the search for a partner, let us not be led by beauty and the things that they come and bring from their families. Let us be led by you. 
in the search of fame and glory. Let us not, O oh God, be led by how many people will mention our names, but the Lord, we will be subject to God uh, unto your spirit. Lead us, Spirit of God. Lead us, Spirit of God. Lead us. All right, we're going to pray one last prayer, and I'll let you all go home. One of the things, please open your eyes. A walk with the Holy Spirit requires something called interruption. Let's all say that together. It is one of the things that really hurts. I showed you the list for our church service. He can come and interrupt the whole thing and say, shut it down. Sometimes you realize you are on this path and he will tell you the path is the other way. Experts, everybody has told you the path is that way. Based on your senses, you know the path is this way. And the Holy Spirit is quietly nudging you is the other way. Interruption is the, one of the biggest problems I had. Because I, I, I know this from scripture. So it has to be this way. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I wrote the scripture. There are verses you still don't know. And based on those verses, you have not balanced the one verse you are holding. Is that way. We're going to pray and ask him, help us to obey when you interrupt. Because it is one of the most difficult things to do. He's going to interrupt you many times. And when he interrupts you, very often, what he's saying sounds stupid based on human standards. But if you follow it, you will be fine. I said, you will be what? Fine. So I want you to pray. I don't know how to say this, but those who knew me from before will realize this is not me. Because the old me, I don't buy nonsense one build. Augustine, I lie. He was my mate for four years. You, you can't just come and stand in front of me and say anything I told you want. And the Archie of old will be quiet and look at you and say, no problem, the Lord be with you. It is the new one. The new one can be quiet. You can sit here and gossip out here and I'll walk away. The old one would turn around and say, may fire strike you. Mm -hmm. That's the one human beings want. But that is not what God wants. Walking with the Holy Spirit is a very difficult thing. If you have been married for 20, 22, some of you have been a Christian for, and still is the same. Today, your resume must be revised. And starting next week, when we get here, musicians, whatever, pray, take this pulpit, put it somewhere. Because this is what your Christian life is. It does not make sense for us to be here and follow an order when the most important thing is not sought. So I will be interrupting, but it's not me. It's what God is telling me. Interrupt the services. Let the people cry in my presence. Because the only person who can change you is who? Is God. And that happens in the hour of worship, in the hour of crying to him. So right now we are going to pray. Lord, when you interrupt me, help me to obey. When you interrupt me. And there's going to be a lot of what? interruptions there are times 
I have said goodbye to my wife at home. I am coming to church, sit in the office, have meetings. And the Spirit of God says, when you get there, I need you to go kneel before the altar and pray. Cancel every appointment. Some of you here will agree with me. I've called and canceled appointment. I've given you no reason. Because you are thinking about people. What would they think? When you walk with the Holy Spirit, please, you must not worry about what people think. They will insult you. They will say stuff. But if you will be able to walk with him, you must ignore it. Are you guys with me? So let's pray and say, God, the Holy Spirit, when you interrupt me, help me to have the boldness and the discipline to listen. Let's pray finally. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come with your strength. Yeah. Come. Come on, few minutes we'll be out of this building. Just touch heaven. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us that when we are being interrupted by you, we will push aside the schedule and the order and listen to what you have to say. Help us to listen to what you have to say when we are pursuing jobs in our marriages, in raising our children. Help us. I sense to give you a testimony. I wanted to raise my children a certain way. I had my own um, methods. But then I realized that some of them were very challenging for me to deal with. So I chose to spend some days in prayer. And the more I prayed, this is what I sense the Holy Spirit was talking to me about. You will study each child and you will lead them based on what I tell you. And when I began that walk, it looked kind of big. Because I had my ways. It's already set. I'm father. I'm the papa. It has to be this way. And the Holy Spirit said, no, no, no. You're not going to lead them that way. The eternal beings I made, I know them better than you. And so I began to write down how I should lead them. 
You have not become fully subjected. But I can see the growth and the path. And the things they are gradually taking and picking. Church, I want to encourage you. This must become a passion. You want to walk with the Holy Spirit. When you interrupt us, Holy Spirit, help us to simply ignore the schedules and the order. And go with the flow of what you are saying and doing. Lord, in the coming weeks, I have declared your word to your people. Come down and baptize many. Let even infants in this building begin to speak in tongues. Direct us. Set us on fire. Cause your glory to be made money. Father, I am asking literally that their visitation it will be so much that we will even forget that we came to church for two hours. I pray may this ministry begin to look for you in ways that are beyond Christianity. Let our hearts search for you. Come. Everybody raise your hands and let me just bless you before you all leave this building. Raise your hands with me. He's interrupted me. So put your hands down. Father, I thank you for your people. Work in their hearts this moment. Work in their hearts this moment. Work. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. He said he's working in people's hearts so I cannot dispatch them. Work in their hearts this moment. Work in their hearts. Work. Work in their hearts, Lord. Work. Work. There are husbands here. The Spirit of God is working in your heart. It's, he's giving you a picture of some things that have happened at your workplace, which has spilled over into your married life. And I sense this very clearly. As you continue to call on him, he's going to give you clear instructions as to how to operate. Please write them down so you do not forget them. May his strength and power rest upon you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on this spiritual encounter. Need more help? Text radio to 301-696-8555 or visit us on the web at covenantfamilychapel.org. 
You may also visit us at one of our in-person services on Sundays at 10 a.m. and discover the difference that the kingdom of God makes. Like up on social media, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Covenant One Family.